Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Uh, looking forward to um, our next guest, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Al Giebel. Alan Giebel has been uh, a, a sales guy for over 25 years across Asia, across different industries. And uh, Al, good morning. Welcome to the studio. Ah, thanks, Glenn. Good to be on with you. Yeah, it's great to have you yes, here. And excellent. your new book is a, a provocative title, Question, Shut Up, and Sell, a guide to killing it at B2B sales. What was the, what was the idea? idea behind coming up with this book? Ah, well, Glenn, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I've been, you know, out uh, in the B2B sales world for many years. And one of the things that I've seen consistently amongst my team and even myself is us sales guys, we just like to talk too much. And, you know, we talk and... <laughs> oh, Al, come on. You don't like to talk too much. <laughs> you know me. So, uh, you know, clearly, you know, I always say whoever is listening is learning. So if you're blabbering away, like most sales guys will do, you're really not understanding or learning what your customers really need. And that is the key to uh, closing business, in my view. Yeah, that's really the the crux of it, right? I mean, if you're just constantly pushing your content, pushing your talk out there, uh, you don't have any opportunity to understand what the customer is needing or wanting, or you're talking over what they need or want. Absolutely. I always say, uh, and you'll uh, get a chuckle out of this, in the old days, we used to go in and flip view graph. Remember the old transparencies? Oh, right. You know, of course. On the, an overhead projector. On the overhead projector. <laughs> of course, the young kids today would probably uh, say, what, what the heck is that? You know, so... Yeah. Uh, I know, notice a lot of the, the uh, salespeople I've worked with, they immediately go into a meeting and they'll be ripping out their computer and getting ready to do their presentation and looking for the hookup and the, you know, the, the projector. The technology, and, yeah, whatever they're using. That. And, and yeah. you know, at the end of the day, they're gearing up to do exactly what, we're, what we've been discussing is that is talking. And mm-hmm. uh, while they talk, the customer – actually, the customer is, is learning. They're, they're actually – leveraging their position by learning more about you, and you're Mm. learning nothing about them. Mm. And ultimately, you're not going to sell if you don't figure out, you know, what the customer's pain points are or what their needs are. Actually, there's some customers you can't sell to. So, you know, that's something that I address in the book as well. Yeah. So take us through, just give us the topics of of how you uh, break down this book, how you put it together. There's about, I don't know, about seven or eight different topics yeah, within that's the right. book. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically this is a, you know, kind of a sales guide. It's really a guidebook. It's it's fairly slim and easy to read. Mm. And it's written for salespeople by, by a salesperson. And so we talk about things like understanding the customer's organizational goals. Every customer has a goal, but mm. also personal wins. Mm. That buyer is a person. You're not selling to a company, you're selling to a person. And that person also has uh, personal wins. Yeah. You also need to look at buying influences. Are they the economic buyer, the decision maker? Are they a user buyer? Are they a filter? You know, a lot of companies will have consultants come in to kind of get in the middle of the oh, process. Right? Okay. To, to, to kind of, uh, you know, basically uh, move certain maybe suppliers out of the way. Separate the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> there you go. Uh, one area I spend a lot of time on, which I think is critical, is the customer state of mind. Mm. You know, is your customer in a growth mode where they're looking at new things or are they overconfident? If mm. a customer is overconfident, that means they believe that they have all the answers and your attempt to even sell to that customer will be 
uh, negative. Yeah. You know, it's almost insulting. You know, mm. like what? You're questioning, you know, my great solution. Right. So, you know, once again, this all comes out through questions. And we spend uh, in a sales seminar that I also do a lot of time on asking what type of questions to ask and how to build a really good question. And by asking questions, the best meetings is where you start the meeting with, hey, can I ask you a couple of questions? And they say, sure. And the computer stays in the bag and you shut up and you listen. And, you know, as long as the customer is willing to talk, you're learning. And by the end of that, you'll be in a very, very good position to uh, mm. actually close the sale. So. Al, how much, how much of those questions can or should be done in advance of that face-to-face meeting? Realistically, how much intel can you get as the salesperson when you're, you know, so that you can devise a, a presentation mm. you know, for, for PowerPoint or whatever else that really meets the needs going in there? How does somebody go about doing that? Well, yeah, of course, we've, we've had a lot of changes in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. So, you know, years ago, I used to, to laugh a little in that the many customers would only get information about your product by meeting you directly. So, yeah. you know, once again, in those days, the information flow was, was minimal. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, of course, uh, I have a, a major section in, in not so much in this book, but in my seminars and training where we talk about the due diligence that we can do today. You know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, you know, all of those digital platforms where you can find out a lot of kind of background on the people you're meeting and the organizations that you're meeting. But at the end of the day, nothing will substitute from sitting down ahead of time, mm-hmm. not on the fly. I always tell my guys, get there 20 minutes early, take a deep breath, mm. look at your book, come up with your questions. And these need to be big, open-ended questions. You know, do you want to do business with me? Horrible question. Yeah. Yes, no. You know, I mean, you're not going to get anywhere with that one. You know, yeah. so there are some generic ones out there you can use, you know, uh, um, you know, what are your, you know, let's talk about your pain points or what are things that you might want, uh, areas that you might want to improve in. And all of those are better than, better than nothing. But the key is, is make sure you start with questions and uh, try to leave the computer in the bag if you can. I always say it should be a conversation. Yeah, in conversation right now with Alan Giebel, who is the author of Question, Shut Up and Sell, A Guide to Killing It at B2B sales. And when you look around and the questioning to learn and the positioning to win, these are two of the things that you talk about in the book. Um, the questioning to learn, I, I, you know, I think we all understand. How, what is this position to win? How do you, what are you positioning and how are you doing that in a way that's going to lead to a positive outcome? Right. So I think, you know, once again, as you Turn the sales call from a one-way, let me show you what I got, into the two-way conversation. Right. You can then kind of discern and, and, and understand what that customer is really looking for and what they need. And then at that point, you need to have a, you know, whether you do that at that meeting real time or whether it's done in follow-up discussions is figuring out exactly do you have it and how do you fit your solutions to those needs. And quite frankly, there are some customers where – you know, you're not going to be able to sell. Maybe what they have is a fairly good fit and your, what you have, your solution's not going to be that fit. So, you know, I always say don't try to, you know, ram that round peg into a square hole. Sure. You know, you need to, you know, be be realistic. And so to some degree, it's successful. Some of the best salespeople I've been around is they spend a lot of time selecting their customers, mm. you know, finding that those customers that 
can be partners. What if somebody finds themselves in a position where they they cannot satisfy that customer, as you just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. It's the round peg into the square hole. Is there a way, and you're in the middle of that, that meeting or that discussion with them, is there a way to come out uh, with a positive conclusion? Like, is it is it as simple as saying, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not your guy. Let me see if I can help you find the right solution. Right. So, no, I definitely subscribe to that notion. For one, and I talk about this in the book, going into every meeting, you need to have kind of that minimum, maximum view of what, what are you trying to do? And I always say, you know, you need a VBR, a valid business reason. Hmm. Okay, no meetings for meetings. So many sales guys I know just set up meetings and I'll say, why are we having this meeting? Well, I, I'm not really sure. I hope we can sell something. Okay, well, you know, yeah. time is valuable and that's, you know, you don't want to waste anyone's time. But sure. when you're in that situation where you can see there's really just not a fit, you know, obviously you want to maintain that relationship for down the road. But if you come off as a consultant, if you come out as the expert, hmm. you'll be in a much better position. So, yeah, saying something like, well, you know, it sounds like you're in a uh, you know really good uh, position today. Keep me in mind for the future if something happens. Uh, businesses are, are continuously evolving. Things are happening and changing. So uh, leave the door open, but uh, don't try to close a door that, that, uh, that can't be closed. Yeah, because potential customers, you know, if you can't help them, they probably would appreciate the honesty mm. rather than trying to do some kind of slick side sale or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, what comes around goes around, I find. So, you know, generally I'm not supporting direct competitors, but there may be other solutions or, you know, once again, sometimes it's just that curiosity of discussion of, well, well, you know, how did you get to that solution? Maybe there's another way to do that. And and that may benefit your your solution. Um, but, yeah, totally agree. You can't really force a fit. Mm. And uh, you're probably better off helping that customer find another viable yeah. way forward. Yeah. In your in your 25 years, you know, the, the – the salesperson and the customer relationship has often been, I won't say adversarial, but but a little bit on edge, right? Because you're trying to get something out of the other guy and the, and the customer believes that the salesperson is just there to try to get their money or whatever. How, and maybe that's overstating, but how does the modern salesperson go about developing relationships uh, mm-hmm. in a different way than maybe was 20, 30, 40 years ago, the Mad Men era of the 60s, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Is there a different philosophy these days about establishing relationships between uh, salespeople and customers? Uh, I'm not really sure if it's necessarily different. Uh, in any era, there were very good salespeople that were extremely mm-hmm. successful and many, unfortunately, not so good. And I discuss that a little bit in the book, the stereotypes of, right. you know, you only care about your commission or you only, yeah, you know, you yeah. only care about revenue, you don't care about margin, you know, those types of things. And, and unfortunately, there are still, we, we still get cold callers on our phone that, you know, immediately jump into some hard sell. Oh, now we're getting them via LinkedIn <laughs> exactly. and you get your, the cold call, sadly, is not dead. No. So I think a lot of that's still out there. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, what I say, and I've had a, a guy recently, a friend of mine, reach out to me who's a finance guy that's looking after a sales team now at his company. And he was asking me about, you know, what should I look for in, in these salespeople? And, and I always say, you know, somewhat, somewhat it's just intellectual curiosity. I find that the salespeople that are, are genuinely interested in the customer, this isn't just these questions can't be – 
just kind of fake questions. They need to be really genuine questions. Mm. Then you start more of a collaborative kind of consultive relationship. And once you get there, a couple wonderful things happen. One is your customer sees you as an expert, as mm -hmm. a resource. Mm. And two, they're much more open to starting to share things that they would never share with the you know, sales guy, if yeah. you will. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if things have necessarily changed a ton or if it's maybe just uh, people like myself and others have tried to get some ideas out on paper or, or in seminars to say, hey, guys, we need to look. You know, I'm proud to be a sales guy. Not everybody can do what we do. Right. You know, walking into a room, meeting people that you've never met, looking them in the eye, shaking their hand. And But I don't view my, my role as, as pushing a product onto somebody. My mm. role is to have a conversation to understand, you know, what your challenges are, the customer challenges, and how I can help. Mm. And sometimes I can't help that, on that day. And, I, you know, that's, that's okay. Mm. But I've had many, many customers call me back three months later and say, hey, by the way, I would love to have you come back because right. something's changed and we want to relook at something. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, Al, you do a lot of um, uh, sales training and seminars as the co-founder of the APAC team. Uh, how can people find you if they want to get more information either about the book or about the seminars, the training that you do? So, yeah, you can go to uh, our website, uh, www.apac-team.com. Uh, you can also reach out to me on uh, my Gmail, uh, asgiebel at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, APAC team, I actually do the sales training as really a sideline, and that APAC team is an outsourced sales services company. So if you know somebody that needs sales, veteran salespeople to step in, we carry our clients' cards and you do like have a white label solution for sales. Yeah, basically yeah. we join the sales team. Yeah. You know, we don't consult. We don't, we're not going to write you a report. We're going to sit down with you. You're going to train us up. You're going to give us an email uh, ID and a card, and we're going to go go sell for you. Interesting. So, okay. So uh, yeah, great. I look forward to hearing hearing from some of the listeners and very <laughs> well, much so. enjoyed the conversation. Awesome, Alan Gibo, the author of Question, Shut Up, and Sell, and also the co-founder of the APAC team. Thanks so much for being with us this morning on Money FM. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.